Now, Chris, uh, I see here our audience and other Chris's would like to know if you could quantify your success, how would you quantify it? Yeah, just just amazing. I mean, you, you know, as you said it yourself in these questions we prepared for ourselves, we're just fantastic. Nothing's wrong. Everything's great. We're number one. We're soon to be number one in all podcast categories. And uh, yeah, what was the next question? Uh, we, we pulled a, a number of Chris's mm-hmm. and uh, wanted to know how you got so handsome. You know, when I answered that question, it's like I said, uh, you have to use all of the shampoo. That's how you do it. Uh, all the shampoo. Well, that makes sense to me. It seems like a perfectly normal uh, institution going on here with no problems. Yep, we're perfect. What is going on with the Crew 3 podcast? Everyone's rocking with me as always are my co-hosts Chris and Ricky Jones. Say hello. Hey. How's it going? I just have to say, you guys are just the best venture capitalists. And you you know, corporate lingo, you got the fireside chat ethics down of just how to answer the most side how to answer the most softball questions in the most straw man ways possible. They're right. The questions that we wrote for ourselves to answer ourselves, right? Those that you also didn't give the correct answers to. Yes. Right, exactly right. Exactly. Well, you know, you know, I mean, people used to not know what Magic the Gathering is. But now, now they know. I go to parties and they're like, I've heard of Magic the Gathering. And that was me. That was my doing, you know? Yeah. Wow. But also, you make d and dropping everywhere. that's been our biggest mistake is I have just not literally beaten down every D&D nerd in my high school for lunch money. And right. that's our fault. That was my, our mistake. And to our investors, we are hiring goons now. To shake down kids for we, their D&D We are money. sorry, yeah. 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 I just I just let all the D&D people I know, like, in myself, like, well, I'm not, I'm like, just because they realize that doesn't mean I'm going to have to buy all the problem. Like, yeah, yeah, that's nice and all, but I don't think you realize the glut of product that is coming your way, the overwhelming, unstoppable tide that is Wizards Mar- Hasbro's marketing department that is going to shove every little minute piece of product down your throat. Well, you see, for the new D&D system, uh, you know, it's kind of overwhelming to get all that information at once. So uh, the first $50 book will get you to level three. Right. And if you'd like to build characters beyond level three, then you're going to need the level four and five book, which is separated by class per $50 book. Who's ready for handbook fun? Wait till you hear about the $1,000 character sheets they're going to sell you, okay? They are. They're not official. You can't use them in actual games. But, right, right, right. Uh, but they're pretty sweet looking. Okay, Let's but just Matt say that Mercer much. might have sneezed on one. <laughs> he touched one for sure. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So if you can't tell, one of the things we're talking about today is, of course, the Hasbro, mostly the Wizards. Importantly, the Wizards Fireside Chat. Because uh, hold on, Bank of America said we're ruining our product. We got to talk about how we're not ruining our product. Yeah. Uh, by making it very apparent how we are. And then, of course, we're going to talk about. Hey, guess what? First look for Frexia to all or one just came out. So we're going to talk about that. Luckily, those flows don't start for another month. But hey, we got a first look already. Hey, and then we're going to hold on. I got to interrupt you. We got our first spoilers for March of the Machine. We know Quintorius and Thalia are going to be in March of the Machine. Yeah. Uh, So throw those Frexia spoilers out the window. It's too late for them. 
we got to talk about March of the Machine this week. Yeah, man. Who would have thought that out of all the Strixhaven characters, the elephant was going to be the one that made a comeback? Right, exactly. <laughs> the elephant never I'm, forgets. I'm just as surprised as you. Uh, I, You know, it would look like, you know, we're producing products so fast that we've run out of ideas and have become creatively bankrupt. But that's not the case. We listened to the people and they wanted the elephant back. <laughs> Look, I'm ha- as a Lorehold man myself, I am very happy Quintorius is coming back. Um, also, I love how confused people are being like, wait, is Thali and Quintorius planeswalkers now? No, it's just the Frexia evil tree lets people cross over a place that would normally be able to. There you go. There's your, there's your lore for this how week. How do you Ruckus know that? Like, how, how, how did you ever find that? Like, you know, I've opened a lot of collector set booster jumpstart and yeah. uh, draft packs, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I didn't get that part. You know, you gotta you gotta read into the story, Ricky. right? Right. Okay. You know, I don't really know what a planeswalker is. You know, like a majority <laughs> yeah. of Magic players. Yeah, that was wild. That was wild to me. It was just like half the players don't even know what planeswalkers are. I'm like, they've opened planeswalkers. Yeah, I nope. still don't know what planeswalkers do, so that's fair. Yeah. Also, Mike Turian was saying the original Jace is in Worldwake. Yep, that's the original that's Jace. True. That's the original Jace, all right. So anyway, so we're going to talk about Frexia All Will Be One, and then we're going to look at the penultimate RCQ, sorry, not RCQ, the penultimate regionals that happens, the second Canadian one, because uh, Canada gets two regionals because they're so big. Why doesn't America get that? I don't know. And uh, that'll be it for this week. Next week's show, you're going to want to tune in because we're gonna I'm going to go through and put together all of the top eights. I'm going to do all the math. I'm going to do all the breakdown, all the regional championship top eights, we're going to kind of do a big deep dive in all of those events, uh, sort of a big overview of them all together to get kind of a competitive look at the format outside of just the challenges in these and the championships one-offs. And then we're also going to do our holiday singles buy guide. Um, I tell you what, Liliana's down to like 20 bucks now. That's kind of cool. Nice. Ooh. I just traded for one. So uh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right, so uh, let's start off with the boring stuff here. Let's start off with also probably some of the funniest stuff here in the fireside chats. I took a lot of notes. I'm going to oh, kind yeah. of just go over some, some of the highlights. Um, so they started off with going over the breakdown of just the magic demographics. So your average player is 30 years old. I'm above average yet again. I have been hit right in the middle. Mm-hmm. That took a while to sink in. One third of players have less than three years of experience. One third of players have more than 10 years of experience. They said casual players represent 20% of the player, or sorry, 80% of the player base. Competitive players represent 20% of the player base. And uh, about 70% of the player base plays commander. Uh, right. Over half identify as social players. So that brings into the. Uh, how they're now marketing magic is they're segmenting the product base. And so that's why, you know, that's why there really isn't an overflux of product because, hey, this product actually isn't for you. They straight up said this product isn't for everyone. Well, there you go. The, I can't go believe how real the memes were in this chat. Not only do we have the this product isn't for you, we also had the, oh, well, you see, $1,000 booster packs were actually a great success because we moved the goalpost and shrunk the initial supply that we were going to sell. Which is a lot. So, There's no way. That's the thing, right? The thing is, like, they told everybody that they were pre-printed to order quickly and to order soon. 
and to pre-order and to panic and to FOMO because we pre-printed them and we're not printing to demand and we're not printing anymore. So for them to come out and say like, oh yeah, great success. Uh, good thing that we realized that the market was bad uh, due to non-Magic player related <laughs> incidents, right? And we, and we decided offered to a print much less, smaller supply. Which is just not well, I don't true. Know if, I don't know if they printed less or they just like only put out for sale a smaller portion and then just threw the rest in the bin. In the trash, Like yeah. r- right next to all the ET cartridges and the buried warplanes in the Middle East yeah. are going to be just the unopened $1,000 booster packs. I, you know. That could also be why they had them in the Black Lotus edition for the Magic 30 attendees was they're just like, get rid of them somehow. Yep. I, I'm going to come out and say it. I don't like the Magic Cons. Yeah? I, I think it's kind of a little, like, like the Magic Convention, like the... the you don't like, you don't like the Philadelphia cosplay contest? whatever coming out? Yeah. I just, like, it's like, oh, I hear people are going to it. I'm, I'm like, oh, that sounds exciting. What's the format? Oh, there's not an event. There's not an event? Like, what are you going to go do, you know? Yeah, I just stand in line, buy stuff. Yeah, Magic the Shelfening is a uh, is the beginning of this all this nonsense, right? Like it's just like mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's gross, and you should play Magic cards. Yeah, I I will say to me the biggest thing that really like upset me in the um of this whole fireside chat outside of just the hilarity of we move the goalposts was when asked about overprinting cards and they just straw manned what that question actually meant. Because obviously when people say overprinting cards, what they're talking about is y'all there's too much product right now. And what they said was, well, actually there aren't too many cards because we print to demand. So the actual supply of cards meets, meets matches our demand. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Because again, that product isn't for you. The only the product that you want is the product for you. Everything else is not for you. And so don't worry about it. It's not don't, don't pay any attention to it. Ugh. Um, also funny to see that LGS represents 70% of the business. Of course, those are only WPN locations and not regular stores. The the premium locations? Yeah, uh regular WPN locations. I don't know if it's just premium itself. Right. Uh, that's fine. I I don't really have it. I don't know if those numbers are correct with their like Amazon yeah. sales. Also, like uh, Amazon is pre-selling Dom remastered for two eighty a box. Yeah, and you can get them for, like two hundred everywhere else. Uh, yeah, One eighty is pre-sale on Star City Games. Yep. Like when you're a hundred dollars over Star City Games, like. Once, once the set actually drops, that price will come down quickly. Where are you, Christmas? Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of misses in this set. Is the only thing, also, you know. Oh, Dom remastered. I just want to draft it. I don't care about the actual value. Yeah, yeah. We get that. We get that birthday draft going. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, anyway, so that's. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts besides just how hilariously awful and just spitting in the face? It felt like this. Uh, obviously, just like the product isn't for us, this wasn't for the players. This was for this, the average stockholder of the company. This is a financial chat for the stockholders, not for us. 
because anyone who's kind of in the know, you you already knew going into this would just be a co- bunch of corporate speech just to try to dissuade negative views of them as a corporation following that Wall Street Journal report with Bank of America. But then, like, my question is, what is for us? Like, what is for Magic players? It's not 37 different sets a year. Like, that's not what it is, right? Like, So part part of me does want to give them the benefit of the doubt when they talk about part of the issue with this year was definitely supply chain where, you know, Unfinity, the 48 Commander decks, all this stuff that happened in the last couple months really bunched up was a problem of that. There was definitely going to be a lot more spread out. But hopefully we stop the two standard set. Two te- and they said that as well, is that they're definitely going to try to spread out the air quotes tentpole releases throughout the year. So hopefully we're done with the two uh, fall sets. Right. For, for standard. It just seems like, you know... I know they like they they're talking now about like six tentpole sets and then micro releases, right? Yeah, and it's just sort of like tentpole sets. I mean, are we? I don't think we're going to six sets in standard a year yet, but like no, it's it's tentpole is the four standard sets, the reprint slash horizon set that year, mm-hmm. like the master of the horizon set, and then kind of like I'm assuming the sixth one is the. Unfinity, your battle bond, your conspiracy. Right. And then, of course, micro releases and stuff like that. And then. Yeah. But now we're going to get, we're going to get my, the first micro release of a set. Yes. Because we're going to have epilogue set. We're going to have epilogue set. Well, I'm hoping the epilogue set is just going to be kind of like what Hearthstone does because we're, we're ending, we're ending like the, the current story arc, right? We're ending the last the post-War the Spark story arc, whatever this one is, like the Frexy story arc, whatever. So hopefully this will just kind of be a fun way to like, here's 20 cards, you can buy them all in one thing, and it just kind of wraps things up. Right. I don't know. Like, if they do it like Hearthstone, that could be good. They, yeah. They've been kind of like really into following Hearthstone, even though like Hearthstone isn't Hearthstone anymore. Yeah. Hey, Hearthstone gave me 80 packs to log Ooh, in again. Arena would done it, never give you 80 packs. Are you kidding I've me? I've got 80 packs to open at some point. Arena's just like, if you try real hard and you're a really good boy, you can have two packs for coming to pre-release. Aw, <laughs> uh, come on. Did you, did you go craft all your Explorer cards yet? I have not gone and crafted all my Explorer cards yet, but I will because that's something I actually want to add to the metrics of, you know? Cause like, yeah, for sure. That's finally something that I think is good. But yeah. I, I actually, you know what, real quick, you know, we got to do the live reaction Nykthos, but, you know, looking back, the the I think you're right in that it was definitely a little, I, I don't want to say I was overly negative before the Nykthos reveal, right? I thought it was pretty medium overall, uh, but the Nykthos reveal and then Mana Confluence and Brave the Elements, I think made this anthology a slam dunk. Right. I think this uh, this uh, anthology was very good. I Yeah if they do this instead of like 20 million alchemy sets that nobody cares about, right? Are the alchemy cards not even out yet? Uh, they came out for Brothers Actually, War I don't know when they alchemy. Out. I don't know when they, I think they're out already. I don't know. I feel like it's, uh, is there another set coming out? Jeez. I, no, I don't know. We're not overprinting cards. Don't worry about it. You just misunderstand the player base in the business. Right. right, right. I, I'm just, uh, Oh, no, Dominaria Remastered is the set I was thinking about, right? And yeah. then, so when does actual New Phyrexia come out? In March, right? 
Uh, February. February, okay. It's February 10th is release date. March is the March 3rd is when the completed bundle comes out. Uh-huh. And then previews start on the 17th with story starting on the 12th of January. So we're going to get the set before the story? We're getting the story before the set. Oh, okay. The story starts at the 12th. That'll run for the week. And the 17th is when we start getting sets previews. Like, I, I'm like, I know I was doing it as a bit earlier, like trying to sound confused, yeah. right? But I legitimately don't know when these sets are coming out. So I just rewatched. I rewatched the VOD of the stream right before we started recording, so I could have notes. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I just. I hope good things are coming for Magic, but I'm not. I think we're gonna have to make them happen. Like, I'm excited about like hopefully like maybe an SCG tour coming back. Like things like the Hunter Burton are exciting. Yeah, the east of the east, west, and midwest have a have a has like a tournament series now, and it's just like. You 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 gotta tell you you tell me there's no one that can do it in like just Texas, right? Well, I mean, like we are we in San Antonio, yeah. Not to and, well, and, well, this is gonna get into something that uh, Chris is probably gonna want to talk about a lot, but like we're getting lower RCQ numbers in San Antonio, so due to some judge staff issues, yeah. So we can we can talk about that here in a second. But real quick, though, I do. I'll let you guys take the floor with that. Uh, I will say, uh, the last like two weeks here in Houston, we've had lower RCQ turnout, but I think that's just end of the year type of stuff, and is in, like emblematic of what you guys are seeing. Well, like the thing is, like two weeks two weekends ago, Pat's Games had a forty person Pioneer turnout for PTQ. Uh huh. Right, and I'm sure. I'm probably gonna attend the one in Austin this weekend, even though. I'm qualified mm-hmm. just go cheer some boys on right just not play yeah and we'll see how that one turns out but i, I like that one's also at a dragon slayer facility but just in austin instead of san antonio but like man why can't the dragon slayer down the street from you run pioneer why it gotta be modern <laughs> uh I, don't, I, I can't answer that question but you know if you want to come to uh to austin you know no, I'm gonna be. I'm probably gonna be in a coma this weekend after all the 5 a.m. work days I have. Right, right. Well, that's just more. And that's not five, to... that's not 5 a.m. start day. That's 5 a.m. I was day. up at 9 a.m. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just a uh, more reason to book a greyhound to Austin and just sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, your boy will be there, probably. Yeah. So, so what? So real quick, I guess before we either dive into the meta or the. Um, Frexia all be one. What what happened with these judge calls? Also, real quick, shout out to Nate for winning for for qual for queuing up for for San Diego. Clap it yep. up, the boy Nate queued it up. Clap it up for the boy. Also, shout out to Nate's mom, our one and only sponsor. Right, got to keep that joke going. Apparently, <laughs> I just realized Chris is named We Are Pioneer, <laughs> um, like farmers. But anyways, the real problem is not the judge's final rulings. And uh, it's just the length of time it takes to get to a ruling or a decision. And then also the assistant judge. I will say they're a bright and wonderful person with a great outlook on life. They should never answer a judge call for Magic the Gathering ever again. Oh, no. I don't think it's that bad. I really... The assistant, I really, the assistant, the assistant yeah, person? I really think that's hard. Who told, yes. told his opponent... Yes. Like when somebody calls for Mark sleeves, right? Yes. 
I can see through my opponent's sleeves. I see the double face cards. Yes. They've presented their deck. And the response is, well, that's just upside for you because you can see when their cards are coming up. Right. This person also told me the Yu-Gi-Oh rule where, hey, um, you know, I can't tell you what's going to happen unless you do it. And I'm right. like, well, well, that's not true. Right. Like if I ask like what happens, you can definitely tell me what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like I can ask you right. how these cards interact. That's always been the case. That's a Yu-Gi-Oh rule. Right. That like, right. oh, I, you can, I can't tell you because that'd be coaching. That's a Yu-Gi-Oh thing for sure. But the thing is like we all start somewhere. And, and so I don't have a problem with that. It's just that like they're like we said, there needs to be a much bigger emphasis on like make a call. But like the problem with that is. Like, like we saw, unfortunately, in the Austin area, like some people flipped out at a judge who made a call and stuck with it. And then when people were like, well, let's talk about it. They were like, no, like, this is my ruling. Let's move on. And that was fantastic. Like everybody who was like old school was like, great. Like, sorry, you got a bad judge call, but that happens. Like you have to move on. At least we moved the tournament forward, right? Because we moved the tournament forward, right? Like the thing is like people are learning and I totally understand. I just feel like from a player perspective, that's what has to be considered is like your eye has to be on that clock. And that again, me and Ruckman, who, you know, in, in the golden days of judging, in the olden days of judging, whatever you want to call it, um, like, that was a big deal, right? Like, you didn't walk away from the table without making a ruling. I got scolded on for that. And, like, you needed, you needed to make a ruling in a, in a pretty timely manner. Now, DQs are a whole different situation. Investigations are going to gonna take a long time. It was just our note for future. Like, I really think, like, those people should be encouraged. I was, I was actually ecstatic about the judging. I've seen much worse judging. I thought that was fantastic judging, to be honest with you. It was it, it, given that the standard that we're in, right? Like, it, maybe it sounds crazy to say, but like everything got reset. Like, Wizards destroyed the judge program, right? That's what happened, and and we're rebuilding it from the ground up. So it's totally starting anew. And so we're now at a place where like a lot of people like it that there are judges sitting in discords, like waiting for calls across the country, right? Like it's almost like you're phoning a judge, you know. But it just takes way too long. Like we had multiple five, 10 minute judge calls for simple things. And I've seen that at not just this one, at every RCQ, right? Every judge we've seen doing that. Not in Houston. I will say Houston H-Town. Yeah. Y'all's judges, Ruckman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't always make a good call, but they normally do. And they're quick about it. That's right. Uh, I like the Houston judges. And the Houston judging, pat on the back for them, you know. I'll never congratulate Houston on anything. But, uh, you know, I got warrants in every after, city. After my boy takeoff, never <laughs> again. <laughs> right? Except for yep. Houston, so. Never warranted except Houston. So, yeah, that, that's the that's like the string I've noticed is just like the the timing of the calls. Otherwise, we had, a, we had a great event, but attendance was down. I don't think the judging had anything to do with the attendance. It seemed like attendance was down pretty much everywhere. I, yeah, I think it's the holiday season right now, or just everyone's like, I got finals coming up, I got final papers to do, yeah, stuff like that. True. Just, I also do think that we're going to see a surge. Holiday parties. Personally. Yeah. Like, is also, like, the next one is in Dallas. We're going right, to see yes. filled events again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And oh, the my Atlanta wife one was filled events every time we went. It was filled, filled, filled. My, my wife isn't ready for how many events I'll be trying to do because I will be doing my damnest to qualify for Dallas. You're going to qualify. And it's also a long season too. Like the season runs January through April. Right. We're going to get it. We're going to get all, all the boys hooked up with some invites. That's right. All know? the warriors coming out to play, you know? Yeah. I got the, my buy list not, in now. I, I got a hot deck prep for y'all. Let me tell you something. 
And, and if not, you know what? I'll be there on that content creator badge again. I know it's going to be hype, though. I hope they do the uh, the streamer studio again because I want to do that. And we'll just have all the boys come in and oh, we'll, right, we'll rotate right. people around. Oh, yeah. you know it. Now, uh, I will say yeah. the, uh, the breakout deck of San Antonio, right? Okay. Was this little known Esper Grease Fang deck <laughs> that put two amazing pilots into the top eight? Two copies of the uh-huh. top eight. Two copies. Almost identical 75s. Incredulous. Uh, you know, one uh, one pilot found a little bit more success with Shieldred. Uh, but, uh, you know, Gix was, Gix was in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, how did you feel playing the deck? Yeah, me and um, me and Nate piloted Esper Greasefang, popularized by one a Carnage Cards ENT Go Cowboys, and uh, deck felt great. I, I played the big difference I played is like I played Ledger Shredder. Um, I was happy with my choice, but that's because like I have been a little superstitious, and like I have been like I did the first round, just drew like only lands, like five out of six draw steps were just lands, drew multiple cards, and just couldn't couldn't get there. Um, in, in two games in a row in the first round. So, like, my games just tend to be slower because I just, like, never have the turn three Grease Fang. Nate has it all the time. So, I will tell uh, you, I watch Nate play. Yeah. But if you ask but if you ask Nate, Ricky always has it. Right. It's true. I do always have it. But uh, Nate Nate's never lucky. Ricky not, always has it. Nate won most of his games through just casting Rafine. Dude. Yeah. Raf- turning Rafine Evangel sideways are just so good. So I'll yeah. be honest with you. The, the, my favorite part about Rafine is that it doesn't matter if Rafine turns sideways. It matters that you have other guys to turn sideways and Rafine's on the table. Because it's just right. that whenever you attack trigger. So, like, that's the most powerful part of Rafine is, like, Evangel, Evangel, like, Rafine plus a spell pierce or something like that, you know? Right. Um, just, like, that's swinging, with, like uh, swinging with Evangel after a Rafine. It's eight. Yep. So the... The Evangel having evasion is pretty good. I got I got a mono green opponent with that. Um, so yeah, I mean I thought the deck was great. I, I switched out the Tainted Indulgence for considers. Like I lowered my curb significantly to play with Ledger Shredder. You can't just copy that deck and put in a Ledger Shredder. You you need to lower the curve, which is what I did. So I added in again one more two lowering from I think a three or a four. Like I wasn't playing a Shieldred in the main, and then um, making the. Tainted Indulgence considers, and I was happy with my choice. The big change is Evangel and Rafine. And then on the sideboard, definitely want some Watering Emperors. That single-handedly won me a game against one of our buddies that was playing Rakdos. And uh, while I still lost that match and that war, GG's to, um, I think it was Ben. I was playing Ben was playing Rakdos, right? Yeah, Ben was the Rakdos player and just wasn't, wasn't sure what who was piloting what deck. But yeah, it was a lot of fun, and that was a great match, and I was excited to just actually get to play Magic that round after just getting uh, kind of flooded the first uh, round. But it definitely won me one of those games. So Wandering Emperor out of the sideboard and the Esper Fang is the truth, and definitely a deck that if you're looking for something different, different I would consider going forward. Um, I'd still think that Abzan is just the most powerful. You just get to like put stuff in your yard and cast Can't Stay Away and stuff like that. But the Esper version gives you some more controlling aspects if you're expecting like not a lot of other Grease Fang decks. So, like, I think that the whoever Grease Fang's first is, is doing the best. But if Grease Fang's not popular in your meta, Esper is a way to go because you get blue for counter spells and, and Dig and Evangel and Rafine and things like that. So, And, like, just get to play a fair game out of the sideboard with, like, Shieldreds and Wandering Emperors. Right. And, I, uh, I do think that you're... I think you're right. I think your fair game is better, um, even though you do have the uh, the Vengabus in the Abzian version. 
I do again, like what the blue cards bring you. Um, and just like your ability again to play like kind of a counter game, like you can defend your stuff. Uh, Rafine's a house, Evangel's a house, like Evangel with Evasion is, is pretty sick. So your two twos just kind of get blocked by big guys, but Evangel yeah, having I, Evasion, I, Rafine having Evasion. I think because of like Rakdos main boarding of Braids and Power Kills now, Abzan is just getting worse. It's like, yeah, the Vangabus, you still get the tokens right, but they have more answers. Yep. Very true. To your big like because with the with the Esper Grease Fang build, you're just like throwing two drops out there, just getting in there at damage. Yep. Whereas Abzan, it's like, you know, am I cheating or just playing a, a Vangabus for a fair value? And it's just you can answer it now. Power word kill can't kill uh Rafine. That's correct. She is a, a demon sphinx. She's a demon. There we go. Fun, fun facts. And a braid right. also does not kill her. That is that is very true. All right, you want to talk? Since we're talking, we're talking competitive magic. Let's talk about these event results. Then we'll roll into Frexia and round things out for the week. Let's do, do it. it. All right. Let me. Uh, part of the struggle once again because event reporting is awful now. So uh, on our, let me make sure I'm doing the right one. On our Saturday challenge, uh, we see a lot of Rakdos. So that was, of course, in our bottom four. We have JDM239 on Gruul midrange. We have Kays on Rakdos midrange. We have Ariane on Rakdos midrange. We have Bullwinkle6705. On Is It Drake, we have in our top four, we have Sonal83 on Rakdos Midrange. We have King of All UC on Mono White Humans. And in our finals, we have second place Rastaff on Rakdos Midrange and Lucas Giggs on Rakdos Midrange as our winners. So that's one, two, three, four, five Rakdos Midrange deck lists. Uh, Modified Humans, Gruul Midrange, is it Drake's? Uh, let me double check this Gruul Midrange. I think they had might have done something different. Uh, two Comrade Celebrate in our kind of Gruul aggro, Gruul boat build here. Combat Celebrate is the exert one? Is the exert one gives you extra combat stuff, yep. We love combat. We Hey, you know what? <laughs> My we homies got the reckless, love combat. <laughs> we got Reckless Stormseeker. We got Fail with a Mirror Breaker. We can go all night. So how 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 long did you uh, how long have you guys spent daydreaming today about a Crowan warring my opponents a Frexian Obliterator? Ooh, I can't wait! Can't and then wait! You make God, them, I you can't make wait. them swing into it. Yeah. On step two. I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, continuing. Yo, save, save the Obliterator talk for why it's not going to be good in this format. Buy your Crowan Wars now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're thirty cents right now. Get them, get them so, while they're hot. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, our winner here. We got a Rakdos build. It's pretty straightforward now. We're seeing the kind of standard two Dreadboard, two Power Word kill, one Liana, three Shieldred, three Graveyard Trespasser, and Misery Shadow. Uh, one of between one and two Crocs. So right, we're we're pretty bog standard now. This isn't Drake's list. Uh, Let us try to crackling Drake. What do you what do you think about this, Ricky? Between between this and Phoenix, which which are you liking? I like Phoenix a lot more, but yeah, I don't think this deck is bad. Four spell pierce can get the job done, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand the UC a guard approach. Does it 
it lets us give a creature hexproof, so like we can protect our Drake once. Um, yeah. Like tap like, down like uh, tap down a um, a Parhelion. Isn't like, like that? Yeah, I guess so. I was like, I guess like, is this better than like shore up or dive down? Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I like the Fable of the Mirror Breaker flipped as our haste to a Crackling Drake, but I kind of also want to see the one of, like, haste spell. Sure. I want to maximize some velocity, you know? Don't we all? But other than that, like, this deck seems fine. I don't think this deck is bad. Um, You know, Pieces of the Puzzle is always kind of clunky, and getting to cut that and play, like, better removal, like Obliterating Bolt and stuff like that, it's pretty hot. Sure. Uh, I mean, Mono White Humans, always solid deck. Uh, I think the deck is now fully on Arena with Brave the Elements. So be sure to... Hey, look, they gave us the deck to beat Mono Green, huh? Uh, good luck to everyone enjoying their Mono Green mid-range... Their Mono Green Mirrors for the first time on Arena this week. Oh, yeah. Ichthos is there. Yeah. All right. Our Sunday challenge. Uh, we have in our bottom four, we have Lucas261997. On Rakdos midrange, we have Soul NBA Gallade on uh, Gruel midrange is our boat, I think. Let me double check. Thought not uh, this is not boat. Yeah, yeah, we're coming back to this deck. Sorry, sorry, this isn't boat. We're coming. We're put a pin in this deck. This is the spicy one. Uh, uh, sorry, sixth place here, Ariane on Rakdos midrange. Oh, Danielikos in fifth place on Is It Phoenix? Our bottom, our top two, our top four, rather, Russell Wilson on mono green. We have Katuo 079595 on Rakdos midrange. We have in our second place Tulio Jade, Jade, uh, Tulio Hadi, uh, sorry, on white green. Another deck we're gonna come back and talk about here on uh, whoo, Yorian Blink Pile. And then first place, Eridos on Hidden Strings. So we got a Lotus Field winner and a Rakdos mid-range mirror. All right, we got two decks I want to talk about here, which is Tulio Hadi on this Selesnya Blink deck. Oh, that's a lot of ones and twos. So I'm going to say, please go look at the deck list that I will link because I don't want to read out all these one-ups. We got some things like Fauna Shaman here. We got some Blinky guys uh, we got two Eldrazi Displacer. What do you What do you think here? Are we got Kai? We got Collective Company Kai's Reconstruction. Um, it's a toolbox, but we don't have a whole lot of ways to really directly search. That we're only playing two Fauna Shaman. Not every card here is great with the blink effect. What What do you guys think? So, uh, Kayla's Reconstruction is super weird. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. So, like, for four mana, you get to collected company, but only get one thing, right? Yeah. And for five mana, it's collected company, but you can look at seven cards instead of six. Mm-hmm. And then for six mana, you can hit three targets out of your collected company. Yeah. Okay. That card is weird, and I'm not sure about it. And, I mean, it looked, it looked good in Angels. Running around, Angels right? picking it up. Yeah. I love Steel Seraph. Decimator of the Provinces is hilarious. The Seraph is yeah. a good one to blink, you know? Right, you cast it for three, and then you blink it into the 5-4? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the the Woodland Beller is kind of fun here. To go get your uh, anything, right? Anything yeah, less? can't can't get that Nissa though. Does it, does this deck play Fierce Empath? No, it does. It plays two. Yes, it does. So you can go get your Decimator of the Provinces and win the game. Yeah, we've been talking in our my own like little San Antonio Pioneer group chat about this deck and about uh, specifically Decimator of the Provinces. Mm-hmm. And I think this deck is, I mean, it's just playing elves, right? Aggressive creatures. Yeah. We've got things like Scoos. We've got things like Voice, right? Do, uh, do I think we this want, deck is, like, do we want Cord here to make use better use of this? Just like all these one and two of cards. I think Cord's like, got to be way better than Kayla's Reconstruction, right? It just feels like we have way too many ones and twos in this Yorian pile to kind of just luck hopefully we're hitting the right one right no yeah for sure it's a weird deck for sure i otter i mean to be completely honest i would never play it because it's a yorian deck sure so i just automatically think that yorian decks they're just there's a good deck in here but somebody couldn't decide on cutting 20 cards sure yeah i mean i i do want to try this place your build at some point whether it's bant or if it's just straight slesnia like we have the we have more pain lands now um it's just it's just yeah i just there's so many ones and it's it's a weird toolbox without ways to select things from our toolbox right just draw Uh, the right half just bend the cards yeah i'm i'm not ed well sorry let me not say bend the cards ed Ed is yeah 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 you you added that as i was already processing the words out of my mouth um i'm out here processing the words in my mouth yeah I, i wish um let's unify and find out yeah uh, but I mean, like, unlike our friend Ed, who Yorian hates me, but he loves Yorian loves Ed. And just always gives Ed every correct card ever. Um, I just Yorian, I, I keep I keep going. Yorian and I have an abusive relationship. You want to talk about it? And I, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. This is where I admit again uh, that I built Blue Eye Control for the fifth time. No, right, I didn't. Man. I didn't actually do it. <laughs> okay. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Man, I'm not that doing deck, it. That deck does not do well. Like, there's a couple pilots who bravely show up with it, and 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 props to them. But I just, I'm just not sure, man. Like, when when like black discard spells are like one of the main things of the format, I'm just not sure you can get away with like not two mana counter spells. You know, like right. uh, I, I think there are control decks to be had. I do not think that they are like the blue white version right now, which is a far cry right. from where I was at with how good their removal was. Let's let's talk about the real hype here. With Soul, MBA, Gallade, and this Thought Knots here. This deck. Ooh. This deck is just like also the, a lot of just cards of the Challenger deck. Right? This deck is pretty cheap, honestly. Yeah. Like, what does uh, it cost? Like, 246 like, and 40 of that is Stomp- Stomping Grounds are only like 10 bucks. That's not bad. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like Ember Cleaves, the Chariots are like 20 bucks for your place of the Chariots here. I mean, like, just think about it, right? If you go buy the Challenger deck. Right. Chariots will cost you like 20 bucks. Uh, the Thought just cost you like 20 bu- or 15 bucks here. The store, you're probably, you could build a playable version of this deck for like 100 bucks after you pick up that Challenger deck for like 30. I, I think that you could pick up the Challenger deck plus 70 more dollars worth of cards and for $100 total have really close to this list. Yeah. Your mana base isn't going to be as great, but it'll be... I mean, like, you, you get probably, like, a stomping ground, getting, yeah. four forest, and four of the uh, rockfall veil. True. 
like with the thing, so. Yeah. Uh, your Carpalooja Force are pretty cheap. You wanted the Mutavolts, right? Um, but yeah, you could build this deck pretty cheap, I think. You you probably, you, aren't, you won't get all the Embercleaves, obviously, right? But you could definitely build this deck for 100 bucks if you can find the Challenger deck for a good steal. Personally, even just Grohl Boat, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of people playing Grohl Boat right now as a budget option. I think it's the best budget option right now. Sure. Like, I, I think the whole deck comes together for, like, basically, like, 150 right? Yeah. And uh, I don't think you could better spend your money, you know? Sure. Thoughts, yeah, Chris? I, I, don't, I don't think Embercleave is a necessity. Like, I think it's really, really good. Don't get me wrong. And Embercleave is, is just one powerful card. But, like, you're going to get there off the boats. Like, as I've seen this deck, like, the real power of the deck is the Reckless Stormseeker. And right. it just it just does a decent job of being a Grace Fang light, you know? Right. Like, here's my boat, it gets haste, here we go, boom, let's go to town. Um, same thing with the a Chariot, which is really strong, where it's like, hey, I started off with two tokens, I get another one because I'm instantly attacking. So um, I think the card's really good. There's there's a lot of budget cards that I think you could put in a Gruel deck that, that don't see play that could be like somewhat budget substitutions. I do think you did the Reckless Stormseekers, I think they're very powerful, and the rest of your creatures are pretty cheap, but um, the green, the green class card sees no play ranger class. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. card's really strong, you know, like for more of a late game. So like, um, I think there are some options both in the sideboard and wherever else where it's like, you know, some people swear by the muta vaults. I'm not so sure on them, but they, in the thought not your version, it's pretty sweet. Cause they're obviously your colorless mana. Right. So it's tough to say, you know, if you have muta vaults, great. Um, if not, I think it's, uh, you know, again, your, your big cost is like, do you want to play the one of Besaju? It's pretty good, but like you're mostly playing the Besaju to stop your opponents of Crow in War, right? Um, also catch a Grease Fang combo. So it's powerful, but you can't really tutor for it that I can see anyway. So like again, if you don't have a Besaju, you could reasonably play the deck until you do get one. I think you're right. I do think this is the best budget option, and I think that the Auras decks, which have been, you know, like the budget staple of Pioneer for the longest time, are probably sliding behind this. We should make a budget tier list. That should be our crew three thing. We should just steal it right from Servo Token, you know? Why can't we like, just get Servo Token on here? Oh, so you're saying why don't we instead collab? Of, well, instead of attacking our instead fellow, of just starting a flame war, we should just collaborate with Servo Token. Is that what you're exactly. saying? Exactly. Right. Uh, there's you're no like, way. The, the only thing we're going to talk, we're going to start a flame war with, is the Playing Arena podcast. They know what they did. <laughs> Fair enough. And I'm Fair sorry, enough. Tyler. Look, we're taking we're taking Jesse. Jesse's on our team now. Uh, Jesse has said he will come on and talk Dallas Cowboys with you anytime we want. He wants Chris. See, I'm Always telling you, we about have the playoff connection. season. Playoffs, playoffs. Sorry. Who dem? Old, who dem boys? Football joke for y'all. Who dem boys going to the playoffs? No, I don't know if the Cowboys are locked yet. Are they? Uh, no, not at all. I was gonna say. I, I mean, I think they're close. I think they're a game away from locking up a wild card spot, just because of how terrible the rest of the NFC is doing. Right. Um, somebody's gonna win the NFC South South with a losing record, which does happen every now and again. But the the Panthers who traded away their best player are in the playoff hunt. So, you know, um, get I think Tom Brady is uh, Tom Brady's out, right? Yeah, Tom. No, no, no. Tom Brady is is still even though it? they're losing, is still leading the NFC South because the oh rest of that division God. is terrible. So, yeah, yeah. Bucks, yeah. Buck Nation, let's ride. Buck Nation. Nothing let's will ride. ever. Nothing will ever beat the uh, Tom Brady. Just the I didn't leave my wife. <laughs> yeah, I didn't leave my wife and kids to lose to Kenny Pickett at halftime. Ooh, man. I watched uh, that Bucks game this weekend. Yeah. Whew. 
Brady. Not good. Brady. You're, hey, Brady signed that ball that he uh, threw the interception on, so, you know, good for him. You know, he's not all bad. Yeah. You just, you know. Thankfully, he's got all that cryptocurrency money, you know? Sometimes you got to sit down, you know? Yep. Sometimes let somebody else let somebody else relieve the Buccaneers, you know? Hey, on other notes, Gruel Boat, great budget deck. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's take a trip. Speaking of cards, let's take a trip to Canada land and uh, let's talk about their second regional championship. I got a top eight for you. Their top eight was, hey, they posted a bracket, so this one was actually easier on me. Uh, in our bottom four, we have Chris Carlisle on Mono Green Devotion. We have Violet Davies on Gruel Boat. We have Cameron Sweetnam on Abs and Grease Fang. We have Dan Schneider on Mono Green Devotion. Our top four, we have... Scott Polsky on Golgari Elves. I love seeing Elves pop up. I was so heartbroken when Sawyer bubbled out of making his first top eight with my Elves list the other week. Uh, Daniel Fournier on Rakdos Midrange. Our finals were Michael Keeney on Abzan Grease Fang and Joseph Karani, our eventual winner on Rakdos Midrange. Uh, so yeah, we have another Rakdos Midrange winner. Uh, pretty sweet top eight making Golgari Elves here. But of course, you know, we look, it feels like the narrative heading into regional season, and we'll take a little deeper dive into, again, all of the sort of the data combined for these regional championships on next week's episode, uh, was Mono Green popping up. And we've seen Mono Green find some success, but it's only had, I believe, the one win. And it's just kind of been Rakdos, 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 Joseph Crony here. Got four blood, four blood tithe harvester, four bone crusher giant, three graveyard trespasser, three shield of the apocalypse, two crux of death's hunger, two misery of shadow, one reckoner or bank buster, four fatal mirror breaker, four thoughts use, two dreadboard, four fatal push, two power war to kill. Uh, the usual lands in the sideboard is three of braid, three dress, three extinction event, two pin of the needle, two bank buster, one sky sovereign, one go blank. I got to tell you, I love seeing Reckoner Bankbuster in the main here because you know you're going to be playing against that mirror match and just having more cards is so important in this matchup. Oh, yeah. uh, Misery Shadow has been an amazing addition for the deck list. I, I am sorry, Ricky, you were right. This card is insane, and I definitely underplayed it during spoiler season. But overall, I mean, Rakdos has been, you know, in this event, we had 17% of the meta. Rakdos has been an overwhelming portion of the meta for so many weeks now. We kept talking about the, the mono green banning, but I think it's time we start Rakdos watch. Do not even play. Don't play a, a sound effect. No shredder noises. Come on, Rakdos. I already, I already did it. I hit Rat, the button. It's such a fair deck. You just gotta beat it, it. It is a fair deck, and I, I, and I, I think that is why it's such an interesting conversation. Real quick, uh, and we can go again deeper in this next week. But I do want to take a few minutes here to talk about when is the fair deck too fair? Too fair. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> <laughs> but like really though i mean it's so funny to think about if you were to try to ban anything from this deck it's like it's probably fable right like fable is just such a good value engine but like 
then I think about, is it Blood Tithe Harvester? Like, is no. Blood Tithe Harvester the band no. here? It, Blood Tithe Harvester I, I is just, not the problem, okay? I, no, I, no, 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 hear me out here. I, if There are several games where you, if you just don't kill Harvester, it's just going to ruin the games. And, and I stand by, I don't think I want anything to happen to Rakdos. I think it is a deck that is being played. It is a deck that gives you agency more than a lot of other decks in the format. And because of that, it's being picked up by a lot of very competent players. Uh, notably, you know, even like, of course, the main champion of the deck was misplays Ginger, uh, who just missed top eight here on the clean cut at 10 and four. And 10 and two was just the clean cut into double draws into the top eight here. So uh, misplays Ginger just missing out on the top eight here. But with a very strong uh, game win percentage here at 65%. So I just think the deck just gives so much agency that other decks don't really give in the format. And that's why it's so powerful. Right. And you can kind of tune it just to have, it doesn't take a lot to tune it. I would say, whereas like your control decks, you have to really think about what you're wanting to do, what you're going to play against. And this is just like, yeah, man, I I know we're going to see a lot of Rakdos. I'm going to play like an extra bank buster here. Right. You just need to change a couple of cards here and there. And it just feels so customizable. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I do think if you want to nerf the power level, like I do think that um, Fable is like probably where where you want to start. If you were to want to do that, um, I'm a creativity player, so like I never want to see Fable banned. <laughs> it's just like the perfect card for that, also. So, um, you know, not something I'm pushing to see, but that's probably like where you have to hit it. I think I mentioned before on like, hey, the strength of some of the removal spells, where it's like people complain about Pioneer not being interactive. I, I think that's a pretty limited take. Like, I think the problem is because Rakdos is so fair and it's like threats are so strong and removal is so strong, like playing another fair deck just is is not an option, right? Like you can't keep up with the hand disruption, powerful threats, powerful planeswalkers and whatnot. So like, what are you going to do? You're going to play like Orzhov? Like maybe, but like Ghost Dad's not as strong. Like I, wow. I, I want, don't you, don't you dare, don't you dare oh, research Orzov mid range. I'm daring. This podcast. I'm daring. I, I just, I just think that right now it's like the only mid range deck that you can play. And that's been true for a lot of magic history, right? Once Jund came around, um, you know, Rakdos or Jund has been incredibly strong, but like, I feel like that's why it feels always like every other deck's like, well, I have to beat Rakdos. So how do I do that? I've got to either have a combo or a super aggressive plan, right? It's so like you're seeing humans, Grease Fang, um, Mono Green, which goes over the top. Like there's like not really another fair deck. You could say Rack, you could say the Gruel Boat deck, maybe, right? Like, and, and you're trying to dodge removal spells, right? You're trying to dodge fatal pushes by crewing a boat that can't be killed. Um, with a fatal push or a dread bore because those are sorcery speed. So I guess you could argue, uh, argue Gruul, but Gruul's like, again, the lightsaber deck meant to slay the Rakdos menace. So it also is a good green matchup. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I think like, Rakdos can't do that. Shaper's Sanctuary is a card that just kind of like, like is really funny, but like Shaper's Sanctuary on turn one can like turn off a Rakdos deck. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I don't think that Rakdos is bad. Rakdos is a good deck. It It is good. It adapts well to the meta, which is what's very important, right? Because its game plan to win is just to play these efficient dudes on, like, two and on three. And, like, eventually you'll, you'll succumb to them eventually. But other than that, the rest of the deck is just very efficient removal. And so, like, it, it can adapt to whatever the, the current meta is 
wants to be removed, right? Back when they were playing like all mono green, they just played like four extinction event, right? Like you just like extinction events and epic downfalls to make sure you got the the troll, right? Uh, now that they're currently trying to fight against more Phoenix decks, right? With more instant speed interaction, switching to the power word kills, uh, you know, switching to uh, a braids and stuff like that for like Grease Fang, right? Um, wanting to interact on our opponent's turn, we're cutting down the Dread Boars again. So like another Planeswalker heavy deck could uh, help, you know, fight back. I think that Rakdos midrange is a constant in the format and that Rakdos does well when other decks become stagnant. Like, if the format yeah, I stagnates, I, then the Rakdos players get to tune in on the best removal options for the format, and then things like this get to happen. So That's very good analysis. But I, I do I do would argue that there almost feels like, from at least a deck-building standpoint, we could argue action against the deck. Because if you look at, like, you know, I, I wanted to play, you know, I've looked at playing Orzhov and stuff like that. I've looked at playing other mid-range decks. But you look at it and you're thinking just like, okay, what's my value engine? Well, Fable. I guess I don't get I don't I don't well hold on. I, I what's my value engine? Well, I don't get Fable. What's the next best thing at three? I guess wedding announcement? That's not great, right? What's my two drop that gives me some sort of card advantage? Rafine's informant? Uh I, I Blood Tithe Harsh is so much better. Bone Crusher Giant is a removal spell stapled to an aggressive creature. Ty- a graveyard trespasser. Uh, a great mid-range threat with protection built into it. You have Thoughtseize, you have Fatal Push, two very powerful one-mana answer spells. It is just every efficient card in the format in one deck. Yeah. I, I agree entirely, but, you know, I'm just saying that, like, I think that, first off, Wedding Announcement's an amazing card advantage tool. And, uh, but yeah, the the Rakdos uh, Blood Tithe Harvester that gets to make two game objects, one of which will let you filter a card, the other one which will let you remove a permanent, you know? Uh, Like, that card's really efficient, very strong. Uh, The fact that it interacts really well with Fatal Push is what makes it, I think, absurdly good in Pioneer, specifically. But I don't think that, like, that's a card that's, like, absurdly good to the point where it's, like, nothing... I don't want to ban anything in Rakdos. Anytime Rakdos does well, I just need to, like wave my old man stick at people that are playing. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, you don't think it's gr- It's like not great until you try playing other mid-range decks without Blood Tithe Harvest, and you're just like, I oh, know Blood Tithe's real good. Right, for sure. But I think that this Rakdos is just proof that like people got a little stagnant for this event, and we'll sure. wait until the next like big resurgence of a deck that people didn't remember existed, like Phoenix. You know? And that's, that's yeah. you know, that's how it goes. That's the cycle of the meta. It's natural. You should let it happen. And don't try to ban something. Except for Karn. Except for Karn, yeah. Except for cards that were designed in War of the Spark and Eldraine. Like, uh, I think you pointed out uh, a who's who of fire design or whatever was that new format. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I was just like, what a nightmare of a format. Hey, kids, <laughs> do you want to only play War of the Spark through Eldraine? No. No, I don't. Well, it's Eldraine on. Sure. So you don't get War of the Spark, you know. So, hey, there's some bonus there. All right. Well, you know, Oko, Lucky Clover, uh, yeah. both of the Titans. Well, hey, don't worry. We banned Oko, Omnath, and Uro day one. There we go. Good good game. Yep, good game. All right. Let's round things off here with a quick look at 
Phyrexia all are one. Uh, some quick notes here. We will see in this set a lot of completed Mirrodin heroes. Uh, one of those we will talk about because uh, we do have a card for them. Of course, we have art just... Oh, look, I put Venser in a giant robot. Corpse puppet. Ew. Uh, we will get four rebels. So I guess Lin Civy will forever remain on the masks block ban list. Uh, we will have 10 planeswalkers in this set. Uh, Jace, Kaito, Kaya, Koth, Luka, Nahiri, Nissa, Tavar, Vraska, and the Emperor. Five of them will be completed. All of them will have what-if alt art that shows them completed. And I think it'll be kind of fun here real quick to place bets on which ones are our are, are five picks for which ones will and will not be completed. So uh, I, I sent you guys a link that has all of the images in there. If you kind of want to look at the what ifs to get little, uh, to see if that, those, that thread will help, help out your guesses. Uh, as I kind of talk about these other things, we have Frexianized basics and panorama art basics, uh, which are both gorgeous styles. Once again, stop giving me all of these sweet basics that are, those would be the, basics that you can find in the draft and set collector boosters. The Icker art is the showcase art style in the ones they've shown so far are sweet. Uh, just like we have completed what if planeswalks, we have completed what if of the non-completed mirror and heroes. You can also open concept art of the new Praetors. So these will be all of the new Praetors that we've had over the last several sets with the original concept design art from New Phyrexia. And then this set will also have magicized versions of the Street Fighter Secret Layer cards in your set boosters. So like I said, we did get a few spoilers. So let's start off here with the mother herself, Elish Norn, mother of machines, four and a white for a four seven with vigilance, uh, legendary creature Phyrexian Praetor. Gorgeous art. All of these art styles hit, including that sweet, sweet Junji Ito art, right? Um, we get a panharmonicon effect here. So if a permanent enters the battlefield, causes an ability to trigger of a permanent you control, ability to triggers an additional time, and then it also uh, ETBs don't happen for our opponents. So we get the switch effect again, and wow, this is a commander card, right? Wow, look at a commander card. Yeah, like look at a commander card. If if it wasn't for Shieldred, I would have just kind of said they've all kind of gone downhill since Vornklex. Although I guess Urbrask is better than um, Urbrask is better than Jingataxis because I can't remember what Jingataxis does. Oh, Jingataxis is actually good. He says counter your opponent's first spell every turn and double your first oh. spell every turn. Okay, all right, that's pretty good. Uh, it's just expensive, right? Yeah, it's like just, eight mana. Yeah, he's just a billion mana. Um, Elish Norn is actively bad. Don't try it in Pioneer. I promise you will regret it. Somebody will cast a Croxa and it will stay in play. Yeah. And meanwhile, it will still trigger all attacks. your attacks. Yeah, played in all your modern decks though. Sure. Modern's a joke. Be, be, format anyways, double double your elementals and stop your opponents. All right, we have our first Planeswalker. So we know this one is safe. So I guess, you know, scratch this off your bingo cards. Free space. So when we went free space, so we only have nine to pick from who will be completed. So we have Koth, Fire Resistance, two red, red for Legendary Planeswalker, Koth, for Loyalty. It's been a while since we've seen Koth, right? Luckily, a lot of the same. 
uh, only not as good this time around, I would say. So plus two, Mitchell Library for a basic mountain, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle, minus three, cough, fire resistance, deals damage, target creature, equal number of mountains you control, and then uh, minus seven, you can emblem whatever a mountain is the battlefield under your control. This emblem deals fork any target. You could this be a no, This is no cough of the hammer. No. No, no, no. This cough is uh, underwhelming. You know what red players love to do? Play mountains. Search their library for basic lands and put them in their hand. It's no Jaya, that's for sure. No Jaya. Chris, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Lost my tab. Uh, on yeah, cough is pretty disappointing. You know, um, yeah. That that was kind of my first thought. Like I think, like Ricky said, it's like if this if this planeswalker was green, uh, maybe even white, uh, it would be I think something to look at. But so far, I am I am uh, unimpressed. Yeah. Elshnorn thoughts. I uh, love Elshnorn. Love Elshnorn. Uh, it's a little weird. Like, do you guys think that you would want to reanimate this card? No, I don't want to do anything with this card. No? It loses to Shieldred, uh, because Shieldred is a 4-5 with Death Touch. Uh, and then it also is like, it turns on your opponent's uh, Croxes. Yeah, I, I just don't think that it's like the NWO. Like, I, I think you're going to want to be doubling your own, your own triggers and making it that also much more lets relevant. you. It uh, does it let you insta-flip a uh, thing in the ice? No, Andrew's with four counters. Okay. Yeah. All right. Close call. Close call. Um, eh, I'm a fan of Elshorn. Can... I'm, I'm not sure that I'm pie bet on it just yet, but I, I do like the card. I'll I think pie bet the... on Obliterator. You already lost. You lost that Negator. Uh, sorry. You haven't lost on Negator yet. Right. I but think the fact that he got Negator. Obliterator means he, he almost won, Ruckman. But he didn't almost In the court of Honorable Judge Chris Ruckman, yeah. all things must be decided, okay? No, 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 no. no. We're not going There are two arms of the law, okay? Okay, all right. There's the officers, and and what they do is they enforce the law, and then the the lawyers, they prosecute the law. Dun-dun. Uh-huh. Right. Okay, all right. This uh, courtroom might be exceptionally heinous. Yeah, it's about to be. Uh, it's about the SVU in here. Uh, the... Are you okay, Chris? Oh, I had a good time with this. Uh, do you want Continue, to cast please. Obliterator? Do you want to play Obliterator in Pioneer? Mono Black. We got Gix. We got all your favorite, all the fixins, right? Yeah. yeah. And Obliterator. How could I say no, right? You will because, like, it's not one a crow, one a crow in a war, my boy. Uh, you know what? I agree, but also I still can't. I feel like um, the times that you play Obliterator and get blown out are going to equivocate to the times that you play Obliterator and your opponent cries. Like, yeah, true. I'll what does you know Phoenix what? I got, do against Obliterator? You know, I got these Nick. The, well, they flip uh, thing of the ice. No, it's a horror. Yeah. Oh, it is. Right. Yeah. Lamal. <laughs> you better, you better play your fading hopes and fly right over it. <laughs> you better coming. run. Yeah. You get, a, you get a lightning axe, my Frexian obliterator. Yeah. yeah. Don't bully me. I'm going to obliterate. Yeah. Exactly. I, I think this card is sweet, and I think it's going to open up more mono black strategies, uh, and like mono black Nykthos decks and all sorts of stuff. Okay, so. Obliterator is like currently already going for like sixty dollars. This is going to be like twenty or thirty still when it gets printed, right? Right. 
This one yeah. looks like a Digimon. I kind of like it. It looks like uh, Maple's demon form from Bofuri. All my oh. anime fans will know what that means. Jeez. Um, I think that the alt art one, though, where it's just like an ink blot. Oh, the Icker art is amazing. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I know t- cards with amazing Icker art, Slow Bad. Speaking of oh. anime references, the art for Slow Bad is just adult gone from Hunter Hunter. Yeah. It's just let's the- talk about let's talk about our boy Slow Bad. So two and a red for a three three legendary creature. Frexian Goblin Artificer, tap Sacrifice Artifact, add an amount of red equal to the Sacrifice Artifact's mana cost, and this mana only casts Artifact Spells or activate abilities of Artifacts. Our boy, they got him. I'm just saying, if Frexian makes you, like, this swole, right? Yeah. Like, I'm in. Sign me up? Yeah, yeah. I'm in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, this card is cool. Nate will love it. Nate's already in. Nate, all the Nates of the world have gone nuts with this card. Uh, will Once it do again, anything? shout out to our sponsor, Nate's mom. Yeah, will it do anything in Pioneer? Well, see, it wants you to play artifact cards, which aren't banned because of Karn. So well, no. Hey, well, okay, so here's the thing, though, Ricky. It's not an artifact. We can still activate him and then use the mana to activate our... Okay, yeah, right, yeah, well, yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. my favorite card spoiled. Nate, Nate was like... Bro, this and Metalwork Colossus? That's hot. But it doesn't do a lot. It just gives you a lot yeah. of mana. Um, so I think my favorite card spoiled. And there weren't many. Is right? uh, Blue Sun's Twilight? Blue Sun's Twilight. I love this art, first off, of just like, <laughs> we took yeah. the moon. <laughs> um, just this just despicable, just Jinnick attacks in his minions. Yeah, exactly. This, but those are the minions the there at the bottom, stealing the moon. Yeah. Uh, blue blue X sorcery gain control of target creature with mana value X or less, which is already uh, is it? It's Chris's favorite card. It's like right. distant melody. No, sirens yeah. melody. It's like distant melody. Whatever that card distant is. Distant melody. Mm-hmm. Whatever the card's called. Entrancing, entrancing, entrancing melody. Like melody. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But wait, Chris, there's more. Billy no. Mays here, uh-huh. and if you just spend five or more as X. I'm going to throw in a second copy of that creature you stole absolutely free. Wow. I can't believe it. That's right. For just seven mana, you can take your opponent's best creature twice. This reminds me of those drafts that I played against you all over again, Ricky. I... (laughs) This card is hilarious. This is basically the same as putting a Splinter Twin on a Chromanticore. What was that card called again? Conquering Manticore. Conquering Manticore. Thank you. Uh, this card is insane. I don't know if it'll see actual play, but it is just like a strict upgrade from Enchanting Melody, and and that card was good enough to see some Pioneer play. Yeah. How many Shieldreds would you like? Well, that's just the only one problem. It's legendary. Yeah. <laughs> but ooh 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 ooh, we could New keep secret the token. lair. New secret lair. New secret Twilights. Lair. Uh, no, I'm looking at the old border. Planeswalkers of Narset, Part of Veils, This Who Shakes the World, and Tezzeret. I'm in for Old Border, Narset, and uh, Nissa. That was announced like five months ago, Ruckman. Really? I don't remember seeing yeah, this Yeah, that one. got announced before Dominaria Remastered. <sighs> Keep up. We don't, we don't overprint product. Keep we up, print Ruckman. Um, but I'm excited about this. I want to see each supervillain oh, Praetor hold holding their son. We almost forgot. Sun. 
There's one more card. Is there? <laughs> Jorkadeen, first gold warden. Oh, wow. A red-white rare. I bet you it wants equipments and tries to draw cards. Oh, Ricky, how'd you know? Wow. Human rebel, <laughs> human, human rebel once again. Lynn Civy staying forever banned. Uh, Tutu Trample, whenever Jorkadeen first gold warden attacks... It gets plus X plus X in Thunder where X is the number of equipped creatures you control. Then a Jorkadeen's power is four or greater, draw a card. Wow. Exciting. This is worthless. Um, I mean, like, it should always draw you a card if it's equipped, right? Like, unless you're playing uh, some poopy equipment that gives, yeah. like, zero plus, right? Yeah. So that's pretty fine, I guess. Maybe I'm stupid and this card's, like, insane. Like, you're just going to put Transmogrant's crown on it and just, We're just like, going to give it a Colossal Hammer. I was just thinking about the crown from uh, yeah from Brothers War. That we forgot about to talk about. And just, like, swing in for five, right? Five, yeah. trample, draw a card. If you block and kill it, I draw another card. Uh-huh. I don't know. It, it costs so less that it might be good. Hey, it's still better... Then the thing is, like, Odric. it doesn't. You don't actually have to have equipped creatures to draw cards, right? So, like, yeah. if you just play a pump spell, if you played this in red, white, heroic, right? Sure. Like a pump spell on it, and it swings, and you draw. It's still not good. Like the virtuoso guy is still better, but you know, yeah, you, we could dream. Yeah, sure. Uh, these basics are gorgeous. I like the hidden Frexian symbol in all of them. Um, the panoramic ones, and then of course the uh, the Frexianized ones are also great. I I I'm surprised these aren't a secret layer, and they're just actually in the set because they also called out like the they're pretty similar to the Calheim secret layer we did, where you had to pay us a lot of money for five of them, and you right. just get them in this set. The the sun ones are way better. The full art sun Frexian. Oh ones. yeah yeah the pan they're they're panorama too. Great excellent. Um, which is gonna, which I love that uh, the planes in the middle. All right, so real quick, how many Elspiths? Or sorry, how many Elish Norns in this set? Do you know? Uh, five. I think it's six. I think there's it's five or six. There's Elish Norn, right? Elish yeah. Norn extended borders, right? Yeah. Elish there's Norn Phyrexian language. Yeah, Junji, there's the Junji Ito. Junji Ito, right? Elish yeah. Norn um, prototype art. And then Elish yes. Norn Icker Art. You could pull seven oh, Elish Norns. Yeah. Seven Elish Norns. Isn't that so exciting, yeah. guys? Booster yeah. fun. Booster Also, I forgot to mention, they did show off that the... Street Fighters. Uh, the, foil, the foiling process that adds little Frexian symbols, which I couldn't tell what they were calling it. It sounded like it was like... Raised foil. It, well, it was like step, step completed or whatever, uh. right? Um, the fact that foiling is confirmed, I think also confirms, uh, several leaks we had a few months ago, which was like Thrumming Bird and a few other cards like that. Um, it also sounds like the set will include a fixed version of, uh, Infect with Toxic. So our third version here where it still does, it does combat damage and a poison counter if it deals damage to a player. Sure. That's what, that's what Infect needed. It needed to be better. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't, at least it doesn't deal like encounters the creatures right, right that's true um also the street fighters are here yeah and they're from like i don't know 
what world they're from. I thought kind of that they would also be from New Phyrexia. Innistrad? Oh. Because, like, the Innistrad ones came in the Innistrad sets. That made sense. But somebody's saying they come from, like, the same world as, like, the Roman stuff? I think so, yeah. But uh, that's cool, because now I can pick these up. Yeah. Uh, All right, so let's quickly end off here. All right, we have... Jace, Kaido, Kaya, Luka, Nahiri, Nissa, Tevar, Vraska, and the Emperor. Um, we of course we have the what if arts for all of them. Um, who do you think are the five to be completed? Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, Ricky, who do you got? Jace, one hundred and thirty percent killing Jace. I said okay. this before any art got released. I tweeted it as uh-huh. soon as I learned that it was a possibility. It is time to kill the old guard, right? The poster boy of Magic, Jace, stands for playing Magic the Gathering cards. That's not what Wizards is about anymore. It's about Commander and $1,000 products, so we gotta kill off Jace. Okay. Who are your your other four? I don't care. (laughs) Okay. I'm so burned out already by this set. Uh, I've got a harder prediction. I'm I'm completely disheartened by 10 Planeswalkers. And 37 arts of Elish Norn. They, they don't have static abilities, though, this time. I'm just, I'm just, uh. Okay, Chris, who, who are your picks? All right. As somebody else mentioned on Twitter, um, Vraska, and then Jace loses his mind. And then Jace, okay. this is my twist on it. Jace gets the chain veil. And then we get some, like, kind of cool, uh, uh, okay. you know. Okay. Kind of like. Who are your. Who are your other four completed planeswalkers? Um, we know it's not Koth. We know it's not Koth. Hmm. <laughs> They've got to do one that's like, oh, what? I can't believe they did that. I, I think like the weirder ones are like weirdly safe. Like I'm gonna go like Kaito. No, because they already got Wandering Emperor. You know, and like how do you? They don't have. Well, they have. They have uh, Tamio. Tamio, right, right. And like, how do you complete a ghost? You know? Okay. I'm thinking their big one to do is going to be uh, Nissa. Yeah. Um, so my picks here are mm-hmm. I I think it is for sure either Jace or Vraska. Right. Uh, my thing is, I think it is Jace. They have said that the they're, of course, all these are different arts, but I think what the big thing with me is Jace has him pulling Luxior out of his chest. And I think that is very specific art to be like an Easter egg thing. So I think we're definitely seeing completed Jace. And then Elspeth is going to just stab him in the chest with Luxior. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to see Luca because nobody cares likes about Luca. Him. He's just been like an a-hole and a villain kind of. Uh, I think Nissa is the big kind of shock one. Also, her storyline is definitely been leaving her down a darker path. And I think... Uh, it also unfortunately lets them just go. We don't care about the Chandra Nissa thing, actually. So we're just going to stop it once and for all. So it actually um, makes sense that Nissa, right? Yeah, because there's some really dope, dope Chandra like uh, key art coming in yeah. the next set. Um, and like, I just feel like they are setting up a. Chandra, the the big hero at the end of everything, at the end of all the uh-huh. blue mages sitting around and thinking about how to build the atom bomb. Chandra just sure. is the atom bomb, right? Yeah. And like, 
we, we've taken, uh, like, if you have Phyrexia take Jaya from her and then also take Nyssa from her, it makes sense sure. that she just burns Phyrexia to the ground, right? Yeah. Um, I think Kaya's safe just because her Phyrexianized version with the Phyrexian symbol brand in the middle <laughs> of her face is too stupid to be a real design. Yeah. Wait, so they're thinking, um, like, so one of, oh, so they're presenting these as, like, one of them is the real art? They're saying that well, we we did we did art of all of them Phyrexianized, but not all of them are going to make it to the card. Yeah. Well, they, you well they will all have one because there you can get a cop with the Phyrexian art. Well, if you can get a card of all of them Phyrexianized, then the answer is they all get Phyrexianized. But in the in the story, though, <laughs> I know. Um. So my last two picks, so I have Jace, Luca, Nissa. I think. I want the Wandering Emperor to be safe because I think Kato's going to sacrifice himself to save her again. So I think... Um, Good call. Or, or the Emperor also could sacrifice herself. I guess we already have Light Paws set up. But I think we, we saw this time to establish the Wandering Emperor that, like, it feels kind of a waste to throw that away. And I do think that Kato could be the key to them figuring out how to undo the Frexianization process, the completed the completion process, because I do think that's how this set will end, or the whole storyline will end. I think we'll see several Planeswalkers still die. I think we'll see them be stuck physically completed, but I do think that the nature of how, Frexi- how Planeswalker completion works, in that it doesn't destroy the soul, it just, it just like shunts off your soul, means it's reversible. And then my last pick... I think it's it's either Nahiri or Tavar, and I think it's cooler if it's Nahiri. Yeah, the Tavar mm. art looks better. I follow your logic really well. I really think, like, Jace makes sense, and that leaves, like, Vraska sad, and then, like, Nissa getting uh, completed so that Chandra then is, the, like, comes in. The, Nissa, the, the Vraska art is also just too close to being Glissa. True. Right. True. Yeah. Like I said, it depends on how like how edgy they want to go, right? Like, yeah. I think that they probably should leave Jace safe, um, but you know they they may not. I I, I like the I like the they do Vraska. Jace does something crazy because like Jace and Teferi uh, surely have to form some kind of team up. You know? I I I, well, I think it's a big sign that Teferi is the big like he's gonna Teferi setting up is to be new Jace. He's been a lot more mono blue in several cases we've seen him lately, so. Um, I think Teferi is going to be our guy going forward. Could be it. I'd be fine with that as well. Uh, all right. So that will do it for the main portion of this podcast. Uh, real quick, let me double check, see if we got any new mailbag questions in our Patreon mailbag. Uh, so, yep. So, of course, what shout out to our Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mtg. We have three great tiers available. If you are the swag bag tier, I am so sorry for the November delays. It took a while to get all the cards. Uh, but those are in the mail as well as your December swag bags are in the mail by the time you hear this episode. So hopefully those get to you before people leave for Christmas, the Christmas holidays. Uh, but if not, they will be there when you get home. Um also, but of course, besides those three tiers available, every patron gets to ask us a mailbag question. Make sure you throw those into the Patreon mailbag. If I am behind and if I am missing anyone who has access to our uh, Patreon but hasn't been given the patron tier for the Discord, 
please DM me and I will, or message me on Patreon, and I will make sure you get that access. So, of course, if any tier is available and you want to ask questions, sounds like this. This comes from Server Token, who asks, what's your favorite game action to take? Drawing cards, turning your creature sideways, taking card out of your graveyard and putting it somewhere, cracking a clue token, etc. Attacking my opponent for lethal? That's my one favorite, of my favorites. My favorite game action is putting a third spell on the stack. Yeah? I don't know. Just that's always like, that's always when it, it becomes extremely funny, right? When it's just like, uh-huh. it's like, I'm going to do this. It's like, in response, I do this. In response to that, you know, I don't know. I, I always like stack battles. They're yeah. very fun. Counter wars, right? Right. Uh, but any kind of like stack battle, interesting interaction with cards while they're still on the stack. Um, uh, I also, I think holding priority might actually be my favorite uh, in like game action to take. Uh-huh. Or another top up there uh, game action is to uh, wait until spell pierce has been paid for and then cast another spell pierce. Right. Ooh, got him. I think I'm like several. I think I think mine is taking a creature out of the yard and putting it into play one or another. Whether or not it's a phoenix, whether or not it's a reanimation spell. Generally speaking, I do I do thoroughly uh, in, enjoy those type of effects. So, yeah, uh, I just like you know putting a bunch of tokens out there because I like to have fun tokens and things like that. So I just want to make some tokies. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right. So of course, thank you once again to our Spirit Patreon. Thank you again, Servo Token for the question and of course as with every week i want to thank all of our wonderful listeners whether or not you have the ability to support us on patreon or not because without the show we wouldn't be in the top 10 percent on spotify we wouldn't be in the top five percent followed on spotify and we wouldn't be cranking out all these wonderful episodes if it wasn't for you tuning in week in week out it has been i the year's not over yet but i just can't stress enough how amazing once again another year of crew three has been for us i love making this show every week i love interacting with everyone every week and it is just one of the most rewarding things i have going on right now oh yeah same big big thanks to the listeners share it with your friends um it's been like continued growth for us and 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 stable growth and and we've been so uh lucky especially now that we're getting back out there to share it with more people live right and everything like that so um you know amazing heartfelt thank you to everybody out there and, of course, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Nate's Mom. Everyone, hey. Nate's Mom. There we go. All right, gentlemen, where can they find you on the socials? Hey, you can find me on the tweeters at it's underscore Christmas, and Christmas has no T. And, Ricky? You can find me at also Steve, and you can find me streaming uh, at twitch.tv slash crew3mtg. Yep. And, of course, you can find me at crew3podcast on the Twitters where I post all sorts of kind of stuff. Uh, been a lot into modeling again, painting stuff again. So I'm Heck posting yeah. a lot of my my model progress. They're also losing my mind at my day job. Uh, that's been uh, it's ugh, it's been a long week, everyone. <laughs> it's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> we will talk to you all. Of course, also, um, I might start streaming again soon. We'll see. Ho- I I really do. I want to try to find like at least one day a week I can start streaming again. But uh, you can find me posting things like the Pioneer Progression series on our YouTube channel because we're, we're back up again and making that uh, the cons episode will be out this week and hopefully I can shake down Ricky to film Fate or Forge before he leaves for the holidays so we can get that taken care of. We'll talk to you all next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.